You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, and welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking a little New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter Brian Hoke. Uh, Brian, uh, a week or so ago, um, there was, I don't want to overstate it, certainly not a dust-up, but a couple of different views of the Yankees' status. And uh, you heard, well, wild card, and you heard, well, division. Um, is it safe to say at this point the wild card is the target? I, I think at this point, yeah, you have to say that. And uh, I think going to Baltimore and losing two two of those games, uh, obviously it was a rain-shortened series. But uh, after that second one, Sean Kelly was one of the people in the clubhouse who said, uh, well, you know, I think at this point the wild card is a little bit more realistic goal. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's the Yankees, so you, all, you never want to say – they're out of the division race, but uh, you look at the standings, and I think you understand where Sean Kelly was coming from, and you hear that from a few people in that clubhouse. That uh, Look, the goal is to get into the playoffs. If they can get a better seating, that's fantastic. But uh, at this point, given the way things have been going, uh, I think just getting in the tournament would be a good goal. They, they, it, it's a weird combination of things because the results the last week or so have, have not been what they wanted, but they've gotten some some good news. You get – um, you get Pineda back, uh, get McCann back. It, it seems like maybe there there are some reasons for optimism, even as even as the the results are, are turning. I mean, where just kind of overall, where do you see this club as being at right now? I think there, that's fair to say. There's some things to be very encouraged about. I think that the fact that they're going to have Pineda back and and making starts. I mean, look, this guy's made five starts in three years for them. Uh, if they can get him healthy down the stretch in September, I think that's huge, not just for this year, but also for next year, because you're not really 100% sure what you're going to have in that rotation for next year. So I think that's a big get. Uh, it's fantastic that Brian McCann was able to come back so quickly. I mean, you, you're always worry about concussions a little bit. Uh, you never know how a guy is going to react to that. Last year, the Yankees had Austin Romine, and he had a concussion, uh, and we didn't see him again. He that was it. He was done for the year. They were talking about him coming back the first week of September, and he never came back. So uh, the fact that McCann's coming back and having no ill effects is, is huge for that team. Um, so I think that there are reasons to be encouraged. Um, look, there are problems with the team, absolutely. Um, they're, they're still not scoring runs the way you would like. Uh, last night you, you look at David Robertson and gives up the big three-run home three homer to Chris Carter. Uh, but – it really should never have gotten to that point. You know, the Yankees have to beat up on the teams that they're supposed to beat, and the Houston Astros certainly fall in that category. And when you don't do that, it, it just creates a little bit more of an uphill climb for you. It's been somewhat quiet and somewhat gradual, but if you look back over seven, eight weeks, um, Brian McCann has been pretty close to what I think you can expect from him. Do you think that he's kind of sorted out after the, that first two months or so? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's been a different player since the All-Star break in particular, and, and probably you can trace it back a week or two before that. I think that for whatever reason in July, something started to click. And, uh, you know, he's been a different guy around the clubhouse, too. Um, he, he certainly wasn't having a whole lot of fun the first three months of the year. Um, you know, hitting 210 had something to do with that, I'm sure. Um, I, you still, you'd like to see a little more power. Um, I, I would have thought that the short right field porch at Yankee Stadium, you'd be talking about him as a 25, maybe even a 30 home run guy. Uh, clearly he's not going to get there this year. But I think that the fact that if you look at his month of July, he hit over 300, that was a pretty good month. He obviously got slowed by the concussion. Uh, now you wait and see if he can come back and keep swinging the bat well. 
But, uh, yeah, he's been much closer to the kind of guy that the Yankees thought they were getting when they spent all that money on him. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good sign. If, if maybe you can chalk that up and say – uh, sometimes guys just have trouble adjusting to New York. It, it's a lot different from the situation he was in in Atlanta. Maybe it was just a little too much, too soon, too quickly. Maybe he wasn't completely prepared for it. But for whatever reason, something seems to have clicked. And, yeah, he looks more like the player that uh, they gave $85 million to. And that was what I was going to ask. I mean, I'm the last soft factors guy in the world. I, I'm, I tend to just tell me performance. But uh, it is kind of natural to wonder if there's just some element of Guy leaves the only organization he's ever been in, goes to an organization where the expectations are even higher than the high ones where he came from, has a contract to justify him. And you think that there's some element of it being as simple as that's a really tough adjustment even for a decorated star major league player? Yeah, I mean, and and consider this, too. When he's with the Braves, I mean, that's his backyard. He grew up there. There's a comfort zone. Uh, You know, you can get in the car, and in 15 minutes you can be at his childhood home. So uh, um, leaving from Turner Field. So I think that coming to New York City, obviously you don't have to live in midtown Manhattan to to get a a feel for the area um, and commute to Yankee Stadium. But it's just a different animal. It it really is. You you go in the clubhouse, and there's 20 or 30 reporters there instead of two or three, and they all want to know why you're, you're not hitting and why you're not living up to the contract. And, hey, you're 0 for 10, and what's going on? And So I think that um, there, there's certainly more attention. There's more noise that you need to learn to block out. Um, you know, I, I can't claim to have ever played in New York, but just sensing the difference, some guys make the transition better than others. And I think uh, for McCann, it, it probably was a little bit more than he thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, but I think that if he can continue hitting, it answers a lot of those questions. Don't tear yourself short. You played on the field at Yankee Stadium, at least. <laughs> not very well, though. Well, you know, uh, that's not necessarily a problem. Um, I, I, it's a. Let's go to the topic that is tired and and nobody wants to talk about. But Derek Jeter, since the beginning of July, has a 289 on base and a 295 slugging. Now I know you can pick any selective endpoints you want, but. Um, Does there ever come a point, and I know the answer to this, but I still have to ask it, does there ever come a point where competitive considerations for some kind of change in any way as to how he's used down the stretch? You know, it's funny. Joe Girardi said this year he wasn't hired to manage a farewell tour. Uh, That's the one thing he didn't want to do. But kind of circumstances are what they are, and particularly if the team is not in contention down the stretch. But right now they're, they're fighting for their playoff existence. And I think you saw something down in St. Pete when they played the Rays, and, and Girardi used Jeter twice as a DH. And I think that's, A, yes, I agree that the turf can beat up a guy, especially a 40-year-old shortstop who hasn't played a full season in a year. Um, you know, you give that guy a break whenever you can. But, B, they have better defensive infield there when you have Steven Drew at short. And uh, Martin Prado played terrific at second base. I, I think that, uh, you know, I was talking to Mark Fisher, and I said, did you know this guy was that good at second base? And he said, well, I played with him in Atlanta. So, yeah, um, you know, I think that uh, that might have been a little bit undersold. I think that defensive infield is, is much better, and, and that's no slight on Jeter. I mean, hey, he's 40. He's coming off a year where he didn't play at all. Um, he's going to be their everyday shortstop. And, uh, but I think that, if Girardi has the option to DH Jeter a few more times or give him a break down the stretch, I mean, I know the fans aren't going to like it if he's not in the lineup, but 
I think that uh, for, for the purposes of winning games, I think it's something they're going to definitely look at. So um, there may be some fatigue going on here. As I've mentioned, he missed all of last year. I mean, limited to 17 games. Um, you see a lot of these ground balls, weak ground balls, the third base, the shortstop. Uh, it's kind of increased, and, and you mentioned the numbers that you did. I think that uh, if you can give Derek a little time and, and let him recharge a bit, uh, maybe he'll be all the better for that final sprint to the finish line. Is that a matter of a guy cheating? It seems like that's a lot of times what you'll see when, when a guy maybe doesn't have the speed anymore. He, he, he starts to cheat to hit the fastball and ends up rolling over, breaking balls to, to pull him. Yeah, I mean, there's been numbers that show that uh, Derek has been getting gassed by fastballs, you know, and it's not just the guys who throw 95-plus. Uh, he's been having a little bit of trouble to catch up to the 92-93 big league fastballs. And But here's the thing about Derek Jeter. The second that you start piling on and, and count him out and say, well, see, here it is, you can't do it. he can't do it anymore. People have been saying that. People have been burying this guy for five or six years now. So um, he's still – can do that inside-out swing the right field and, and get on base and come up with a key hit to win a game. Um, you know, he was in a situation down at, at the Trop where he was trying to move the runner over. He was trying to bunt four times against uh, Jake McGee. Couldn't get it down. Wound up hitting the ground ball at second base, got passes into the outfield, and uh, wound up winning them the game. So the second you start saying, well, see, this is it. He can't do it anymore, um, he, he finds a way to surprise you. You mentioned the defense, and, and whether Jeter's in there or not, this seems like a pretty significantly upgraded infield defense. Now that you've been watching it for a couple of weeks now, um, how much better are they in nearly any configuration, depending on what they do at second with Headley at third and just kind of the, the pieces they have there? I tell you what, watching them up close, I think that Headley has been a huge upgrade defensively over what they had in Solarte and Kelly Johnson earlier this year. Um, you know, the shortstop situation, I don't think we've seen enough of Stephen Drew. I mean, certainly you can look at his track record and you know what he is and you know what Brendan Ryan is. Um, but Jeter's a shortstop. I mean, that, that's just ironclad. It is what it is. Um, at second base, I think that Drew has made the transition a lot better than I expected. Um, there haven't been too many plays where he's looked like a fish out of water. And, um, you know, I, I, and I think that's impressive considering it's kind of just learning on the fly. He had never played an inning at second base as a professional before this year, and they dropped him in there and said, all right, you're the starting second baseman for the Yankees. Uh, I think the Prado can still do it. It's funny. <laughs> uh, it's almost like their best second baseman happens to be their right fielder. So uh, I think that Prado is a good option there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the infield defense uh, and Teixeira has looked better too. I, he had a shaky start to the year, and he's uh, kind of smoothed that out. Um, I think the infield defense is certainly better than it was in April and May. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's incremental upgrades, as we've talked about before. I think that the, if you can do that, and obviously it'll help the pitching staff, um, you know, save runs wherever you can because they're certainly not scoring a lot of them. Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to uh, chat Yankees here on MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch all of the second half action on MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service. Watch every out-of-market game streamed live online or on the go in true HD. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 14 subscription, allowing you to watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.